Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode... Of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we fucking love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes that experience better. Look, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. It's crazy fun. I've done it for years. But watching a game in a spot that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID stole that from us for a while, and the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge and legitimate TVs, and their full complement of great food, service, and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes. During this incredible Warriors season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's basically family friendly. I can go here, get hammered with my friends and get too passionate, or I can roll with my wife and kid and just enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And back with us after a single week hiatus, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? 
MT, as you can see, and some of the people who actually have access to the video can see, I don't have my mic today. It's my fuck up for sure, 100%. I say that only because I bet you the sound is awful. And to throw that out right after we called him the master of all things sound is kind of scandalous. You know, so <laughs> I don't know. We at least need to hedge a little bit on this. The master of all things sound when Bram actually brings his mic. Fair to say? <laughs> Fair enough. You sound pretty good, though. I think I think it's going to come through all right. So uh, I appreciate you saying that, but I don't appreciate you destroying the humor at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so I don't know. Okay, you are now the master of all things sound, Maxime, and I want you to make that first part sound like shit. And then, you know... <laughs> reverse engineer it boys no guest no, normal rules apply here bring your a game i want you to take as many shots at me as possible be as funny as possible the success of this episode rests squarely on your shoulders and let's start where we always do glass half full so look back on recent warriors hoop for me give me something you like and don't like to give you boys some time to think, which is actually not true, to make sure that I get these off and you guys don't steal the bullet points I have, I will go first. Here's something I like. So over these last couple of games, and, you know, let's hedge it. Warriors aren't out of the woods. There's still a lot of questions. Um, there's still concerns that we all have. But something I like over these last few games is that they started to address some of these concerns, right? We got crazy worried about Jordan Poole and what's happened to his confidence, what happens to his game. Well, we've seen that return in spades. In fact, he's not only scoring the ball creatively, he's suddenly a really effective and creative distributor. So reasons to believe that that problem's selling himself. Um, we've been worried about health. And again, we got to see him come back out and play. But now that situation is starting to be clarified a little bit. Uh, Wiseman plays tonight for Santa Cruz and Draymond is slated to return next weekend. So, you know, we're getting close to that. Um, and even Wiggins, we've had some concern about Wiggins aggression, his ability to get to the rim. Well, fuck it's coming back. You know, he, he doesn't look necessarily like an all-star right now, but he also has been attacking the rim again. So, you know, there, there's still some ways to go, but if we've been really worried over the last couple episodes, there's some real reasons for optimism entering this one. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, my, my like for it is, um, it'll seem a little playful, but it's serious, is the fact that uh, Will Ferrell came out as Jackie Moon, and that's why I have my background as that. Um, obviously, it was just a fun moment, and um, you know, we know that Clay has a soft spot for... Uh, the Flint Tropics and that character from the movie. But what I liked about it and why I genuinely put it as a like is because what it helped us do is get back to having fun. And I think um, over the course of this, you know, rough stretch, losing streak, and just the grind of the season and the injuries, we lost a little bit of that. So, you know, one of the things that made this team just kind of click on all cylinders was the fact that we were just having fun, that everybody was in their own equivalent um, doing stuff, shooting a three and turning around before it goes in. So I, I think he, in a way, brought a little bit of that back, whether or not that was purposeful. Um, it would be a genius move. If not, it's just, you know, coincidence. But I love the fact that he got the whole mood to lighten up and it's just like, okay, Let's get back to enjoying what we do. And when we enjoy and have fun at what we do, we're a pretty hard team to beat. Yeah, for, for those who may not have seen it, Will Ferrell was in a ridiculous good comedy uh, years ago where he played a character, Jackie Moon, 
um, a, a basketball player. And in that last warmup, he literally came out. Will Ferrell did dressed up as Jackie Moon and participated with the Warriors. And I guess the connection is Clay Thompson because Clay has started to wear that headband that looks a lot like Jackie Moon. You know what I liked about it, MT? I liked it, the the flexibility that that shows from the front office. You know, like right now, the Warriors have a lot of angst. There's there's a weird feel around them. You know, they developed this this incredible record in the first half of the season, and now we're watching the big lead that they grew kind of go away. And that could cause panic in a lot of front offices, even really successful front offices. And I can see if somebody came to them and was like, look, uh, Will Ferrell wants to come and kind of have this jokey thing with us. I can see them overreact in the other direction. This is not time to play games. You know, our, our ship is fucking sinking. This is when we need to take everything serious, not, you know, allow someone else to come in. And Kerr and whoever else was involved in that decision understood, like, no, this can help. There's no need for us to panic. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like that, too. And I like kind of what it reflects about the personalities involved in this thing. 100%. I mean, I think I heard some rumor that Steve Kerr was instrumental in, in bringing Will Ferrell in. And I think it's the same mentality that has him playing music during the practices. It's that that's atmosphere of like, if we have a good time, the team is going to succeed. Uh, for me, uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm so excited that Draymond's coming back next week. But I think one of the biggest blessings that this team has had is that we've had the ability to stagger Clay and Draymond coming back into the lineup. Um, I'm not on board with a lot of the fandoms freaking out about Clay. Look, he's like, his percentages aren't that awful, right? He's shooting something like 36% from three. It's not fantastic, but that's not, that's not abysmal. Uh, He just needs to get his reps in right now. And the fact that Draymond's not on the court gives us an excuse to say, well, yeah, of course we're not playing while Draymond's not there. Imagine what it would be like if Draymond's trying to facilitate seeing him get frustrated because he's getting the ball to Clay in a beautiful open look and Clay's just like biffing it at that point. He's been off the court for 900 days. I mean, what do we expect, right? Like for me, that that we're sort of in the dog days of the season without a Draymond allows Clay to just kind of be Clay, even though it's not the Clay that we expect him to be come playoff time. It's an absolutely perfect scenario. There's a really weird thing that happens with success. And so this is still new to me, right? I look back on the Warriors fandom and most of the time has been that they're awful. And what happens when they're awful, when we're in the Cohen years, we were hyperbolic, but hyperbolic towards optimism. You bring in somebody like Anthony Randolph and all of us are like, oh, Hall of Famer. You know, this is the guy who turns it around or Mookie Blaylock or all the other litany of fucking losers they brought in. We were positive it was going to turn shit around. Now that they've had success, it's the other way. One thing happens and we're hyperbolically worried. You know, Clay's off. He's never going to be back again. Draymond gets hurt. This team looks like shit. You know, the, the, the hyperbolic optimism right now would be Steph, Clay, and Draymond haven't played one minute together. Literally not one minute. We know how successful they can be when they're all together, cohesive and healthy. And if we were not entitled, if we didn't have this sense of we should be winning every single game, one of the things maybe social media would be screaming is just wait, just wait till the health comes, you know? And so we're right on the precipice of that. Um, and, and hopefully all the optimism will come flooding back, but it's a weird deal. Like with success comes this, like when you have something to lose, it sounds like all you ever do is think about how you could lose it. And I'm not sure why that is the, the mentality of this fan base 
has shifted. I'll give you something I don't like. Um, so I brought my kid to the game a little while back. We got nice enough seats. We're sitting in the lower bowl. She's six. We're both loud. I'm sure that's a shock to hear. And I bought her pom-poms, which were like $1,000, dude. Like, I don't, if I had just cut up $100 bills and made them into pom-poms, it would have been cheaper than the fucking pom-poms <laughs> I bought at the Warriors store. But, you know, upside, downside on pom-poms. The upside is my kid is now 100% engaged. She is a cheerleader at the game. Downside, we're pretty loud. There was a lot of let's go Warriors cheers, a lot of daddy, I see Steph, a lot of standing up and, and you know, rocking those pom-poms left or right. And the lady sitting in front of us did not like that. And about two minutes into the second quarter, she starts firing off comments to nobody in particular about, don't you hate it when people bring kids to the quote, nice seats, or why aren't people teaching their kids manners? So you know what I don't like, boys? I don't like entitled pieces of shit who think that the money they paid for their seats somehow gives them rights I don't have. We weren't dropping F-bombs, dude. She wasn't like pouring soda in the person's lap. We're chanting, let's go Warriors. So if you don't want to have a Warriors chant thrown out, maybe don't go to a Warriors game, dude. I'm just, it hit me in the wrong place. I almost told her, I'd like you to tune into this podcast on Thursday because I've got some things to say, but didn't and <laughs> saved it up for now. So that, that's my, uh, my don't for these last couple of weeks. That's a good one. Just one quick note too on your previous point. Um, and there's a stat in every series that Steph, Clay, and Draymond have played in every game, every playoff series, they're undefeated. So if all three of those are healthy and they played an entire series, we've never lost a series. So um, I think it just speaks to your point of when healthy, you know, we're really tough to beat and, you know, we shouldn't panic. But yeah, I mean, F that lady. Uh, you can't really you're going to a game to cheer. I mean, I think it goes back to the point you brought up um, a while ago at the beginning of the season, like the fandom changes with success where people go just to enjoy a moment and not really cheer for the team. So um, it sounds to me like they were that type of fan and rightfully so uh, you and Kylie are the, are the long-term real fans. Should have started throwing out. Don't you hate when people go to a basketball game and think it's a ballet? Like settle down, dude. Where do you think you're at? Like, what's happening here? It's not a movie. Like, we we are fans. We are by definition fanatical. That's what fans is short for. You know, like everybody, let's just settle down. Um, especially when it comes to six-year-olds not dropping F-bombs. You know, we were nothing she was saying was inappropriate in any way. Uh, back to Warriors related stuff. Are there things that you guys don't like that stick out from these last couple of weeks, or is it all optimistic? I mean, look, you could talk, of course, it's not all optimistic, right? I think I tend to have a, a glass half full mentality in general with these things. But look, it doesn't matter that we've had one win after a, a previous five game losing streak. There's a lot that's uncomfortable about watching this team right now. There's a lot of not offensive setup happening right there's a lot of just like well i'll put it up now with like 10 seconds left on the shot clock it does not feel like the type of warriors squad that i enjoy watching play basketball it's a real slog to get through well and the other thing i don't like is how competent phoenix has looked you know the oh. the one thing i have kind of secretly been counting on is the inevitable chris paul injury in the playoffs that they can't count on that health like they got last year and it's going to happen this year i was just waiting for it just not saying it out loud then it happens right he gets hurt 
But Phoenix doesn't get completely derailed. You know, they look like they're really capitalizing on the success they had last year and have kind of developed a system that can carry on even without one of its main cogs. So, you know, if I don't like something, I don't like how good Phoenix has looked. Um, I, I know what's coming up in the golden questions. We've got some future looking questions. So we'll get a chance to say whether or not we think um, Golden State will make it to the finals. But yeah, Phoenix has looked pretty confident and I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, I would add on to that, that what I don't like is how there are multiple teams who are ramping up right now and looking stronger and better. Um, Milwaukee is one, Philadelphia, obviously, um, you know, Phoenix. So as you start to look at the playoff picture and who we would play, um, should we make it to Western Conference Finals and, and ultimately a finals? Those are going to be tough teams and you need to be peaking at the right time. And we're, we're kind of on a descent where a lot of these other teams are starting to ascend right now. Well, and we're still kind of figuring out things, which is exactly what you don't want to be happening right now. You know, like rotations aren't completely set. Health is just starting to get cleared up. Right now is when you want to fine tune, not figure out. And there's still some things to figure out, you know, including, for example, who the hell is James Wiseman on this team? What can he give us when we go to the to the playoffs and how many minutes will he be capable of playing? But I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. There's only so many times Jackie Moon can come to a warm up. <laughs> well, that's not true. I feel like we can just have him for the rest of these games. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, you know, Will Ferrell seemed to be enjoying himself. Maybe he can just be a full-time member of our warm up squad. He's got a lot of responsibility as a player, coach and owner. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I just also want to point out, I mean, Marcus, you mentioned a lot of those teams in the East and there's no doubt that the East is feeling pretty wide open. It's also pretty scary, right? That you might get the one or the two seed and end up having to play Brooklyn in the first round with a squad that's back um, firing on all cylinders for the first time. But that's also true in the West, right? I mean, the Mavs made that deal with Porzingis to get back Spencer Dinwiddie. He's looking great so far. Um, they're currently in the five spot, right? We got to slip Utah Jazz is three games behind us. That's not a lot, right? And then even still, if you have a 3-6 matchup, that's uh, that's Denver with potentially having Jamal Murray coming back into the fold before the postseason. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty sketchy landscape. Uh, there's no guarantee that just because you're higher in the standings, that means you're a better team going into the playoffs in the Western Conference. Kawhi Leonard reportedly had a workout recently where he looked like he had, quote-unquote, no limitations. Um, no thanks. And so if you suddenly find yourself in a first round matchup with the clips that have, you know, Kawhi the robot and PG back, that that's just it's not that I think the Warriors lose that series, but it's not a series I want in the first round. You know, you, you don't want to deal with that at all, at all. And you've heard me say this last week. Another team I don't want to see in the first is fucking the Lakers. I'm not I, I watch them lose against Houston. I understand their limitations. I know that they're not a team to be afraid of. But I also know that's not an easy series. There's a bunch of weird emotion that's involved in all Laker games. And emotion's not one of the words you want involved in a first-round series. You know, you want it easy. You know, I mean, that's that's what you want to have happen. And but I think we picked, we picked the Pelicans, too, just real quick. We picked the Pelicans as the ones we'd want to see. But there's some emotion there, too. Like Willie Green and Jaron Collins are the coaching staff there. So, mm. you know, there's not a ton there that we'd want to be scared of from a player standpoint. But... You know, like one of the worst things you can do is go up against somebody who knows your inner workings and was part of your organization for years. And if they have nothing to lose, um, yeah. I mean, one of the upside, they, I think they just lost CJ McCollum to health and yeah. safety protocols. Um, but I mean, one of the things that we didn't really address when we picked the Pelicans, that requires a one seed. 
that, that's not going to happen. You know, the, the, the Warriors best case, I think right now is holding on to that second seed. They might slip beneath that. So I, I don't think they're going to be looking at, you know, they're not picking their opponent. Right. I mean, they, they, and I don't think the Pelicans are going to be one of the possible opponents they can pick. Let me bring you to our golden questions, boys. So this is our mail bag. They are both Warriors related and personal. I've read these. In fact, I culled four of them. I picked uh, I picked these out so I know where we're going. And here's our first quote. The Warriors future has been on full display over the past few games. Kuminga, Moody and Poole all look great. And Wiseman should be returning soon. Help predict our future. Starting today, what player on this current roster will play the most years for Golden State going forward and who will have the most all-star games? So the way I'm interpreting this, boys, erase everything that's happened up until now. Doesn't matter how many years they've been here. We're looking at right now going forward, what member of this current roster will be here the longest and who will win the most all-star games? MT, why don't you take this one first? Um, I'm going to go with Kaminga. Probably not jumping out on a big ledge, but um, I just think he has the most upside. He, the game looks really easy to him. And I think it's, you can quickly forget how young he is and the fact that he only had a year in the G League. Um, so once the game slows down for him, um, you know, it's, I think the sky's the limit. He's hitting three pointers at a clip that, you know, the, the shot doesn't look mechanically like it's going to go in, but it keeps going in. So you just got to just back. Okay. I guess it's the way he shoots. So um, his athleticism, his already instincts on defense. And I think that combination with like Moody is a great player, but to me, he falls into that weird category of like a poor man's DeRozan where he's going to get a helpful amount of points and rebounds and be a good defensive player, but it's not going to be enough to catapult him above the superstars of the league, especially in the Western conference. And then Wiseman is still coming back. I still need to see, I think we need to see a lot more defensively from him versus just fouling out at about 20 minutes per game. Um, and then pool is great, but I think he, his best attribute is going to be if they can figure out a way to keep him as the ultimate Ginobili six man. I think he leaves. I don't, I don't know if he'll be here for long enough to be in this conversation, um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can figure that out at a different time. Watching Kaminga's shot go down is like watching Charles Barkley use his golf swing to hit a 500 foot drive, <laughs> you know, or like 500 yard drive. Like it doesn't, you're like that. There's no way that's going to work. And then it does. And it's consistently worked. So I'm on board for it. Um, so Kaminga's might say, I'm imagining MT, there's two questions. You gave us one response. It's for both. You're thinking Kaminga both plays the most amount of years here forward and gets all the all-star bursts or the most amount of all-star games. Yeah. Yep. Same player for both. So unfortunately I'm going to agree with you. I wanted to be more creative. Right. And so like, there's gotta be someone else here. I looked at Steph. How old is he? You know, maybe we can squeeze in a few more all-star games for him, but it was actually Steph that led me to say Kaminga. Here's why. Steph Curry is 33 years old. Kaminga is 19 years old. That leaves for 14 years, literally 14 years from today until Kaminga is as old as Steph is right now. So if, if he stays here, just if he just stays here up until the point that Steph has been here, that's 14 years of experience. And how many all-star bursts given this kid's talent? I mean, Three, four, I, I don't know. I mean, but but a significant amount. And then that only brings him current to where Steph is now. So given how young this kid is, given how much I believe in his talent pool, 
And given how the Warriors are arguing using words like, well, he's our future. You've heard Clay say it's only a matter of time before we are, are surrounding him as opposed to the other way around. If all of those things are true and we can keep this guy in the fold, I think it's Kaminga. And I don't think it's in particularly close. He, I think he is our, our brightest spot as far as the future is concerned. And fuck, man, I'm fired up for it. Hell yeah. I think, I mean, I, I agree with you both. I, I think, you know, that it's also, it's important to think about until the, the way that we promote people into the all-star game has changed. You only got one slot for a center in Wiseman to, you know, the two in the, in the wing spots. So it's, you know, it's, it's not something that Wiseman is likely to beat out Kaminga. And I think it's, it's pretty obvious that it would just be between those two. And, you know, we've got a lot more time looking at Kaminga's game than we do at Wiseman's. Um, so I'm feeling a lot more confident in that pick right now. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Keep the mic, Maxime. Here's our second question. Can you give me one reason why Moses Moody shouldn't be given all of Damian Lee's minutes going forward? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've said it before. The one reason is because Moses Moody isn't married to a member of the Curry family. <laughs> I mean, really, that's that's about it. And I mean, I don't want to beat that horse, but I do think that the internal politics of the team are, are more important than than we give them credit for. Right. There's a reason that Damian Lee is still on the squad in spite of his sort of ineffectual uh, gameplay. He's like the, the least exciting character on this Warriors squad, um, as we've discussed before. So, but that's the only reason that I can think of. Would you care? So like if, if Damian Lee's my brother-in-law, I mean, you, you can't touch him. I, and I, you couldn't ask me about it. I'd, I'd it'd be a reflection of my stardom. You know, if I'm Steph and I'm on this team and I would not want you to touch Damian Lee, I wouldn't want there to be a conversation, but I'd want to feel like, you know, how important I am to this franchise. And because of that, you've got to keep Damian Lee here. But I don't think I'd give a shit if he was playing. You know, like as long as D. Lee is on the squad in the locker room getting money to be there, you know, so that I can see him at Thanksgiving and not feel bad about it. If he lost his minutes, it would like, I don't know, that I wouldn't be as upset with that. I think that they they could still give the minutes to Moody. Um, I'll give you another rationale. So I let me first say, whoever it is who gave us this question, I agree with you. And I, I think at least now going forward until the playoffs, let's see who the hell Moody is and give him those minutes. If I was going to try to read Kerr's mind, why would I be worried about doing that? Well, at this age, maybe Damian Lee's consistency can be counted on a little bit more. You know what the hell you're going to get from him into the playoffs. But my response to that would be, so do I. Nothing. You're not going to get shit from him. And maybe we could get something from Moody. So let's figure it out. Uh, MT, what do you think? Any reasons why you'd keep in Lee as over Moses? Uh, no, I mean, I think the only thing you can look to is the veteran presence, like you were saying, but I don't think that that Lee's play warrants that to be the deciding factor. I think you just have to let Moody learn trial by fire. He's got enough talent and he's, he's kind of earned it, um, throughout the season. So there's really no good reason that Maxine brings up an interesting point, but I, there, there was a time when Seth Curry, Steph's brother was going in between teams around the Dallas Portland time when he was playing for both of those teams. And there were rumors that he was going to get a tryout for the Warriors because he hadn't really stuck anywhere. Um, I think if Steph was ever to pull a card and force the politics to go that way, it would have been for Seth over, over Damien. So Mm -hmm. because he didn't do it, I think, um, Bram, you're right. I think the, the politics are as long as he's on a team and people are, 
um, part of the NBA brotherhood and have a job, then that's enough for Steph and he'll wield his power in other other places. Just the unspoken conversation you have with somebody, right? I mean, like fast forward to the off season, let's say Steph and Damian Lee are now in a conversation, whatever it is, you know, a baby shower, who knows, some, some familial thing. If D Lee has been kicked off the team, the look that they exchange Damien would be kind of justified in giving him a look that says, what the fuck, man? You know, like, I know who you are on that team. And how did this happen? If he's still on the team and he's not getting minutes, I don't think he can give him any kind of a look because the return from Steph is, well, that's on you. I, I, I gave you a roster spot, dude. What you do with that roster spot is entirely up to you. And if you're not getting minutes, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't think this actually fits in here, but I'm I'm gonna put it in anyways. You know what I like about Moody recently? I like that fucking black eye. It makes him look like a badass dude. Like I, I already really like his game anyways. I think he plays like a veteran as a rookie, which kind of hedges against the whole we're not sure we can consistently rely on this kid. But I there's something like an added toughness. It looks like he just got into a brawl in a back alley, which like I'm on board for, man. Like I uh, the the Warriors are a lot of things. Tough isn't one of the adjectives we've heard thrown around. And that black guy, whether or not Moses Moody is actually tough, makes him look tough. So I am on board for it. (laughs) Next question. Quote, between the trade deadline, the recent play of Golden State, and the possible full return of Kyrie Irving, a lot of things have changed since the last time you guys provided any predictions. As Bram often says, if you had to bet something significant to you, a mortgage payment, a rent payment, anything – who would you bet are going to be in the conference finals? I'll take this one first. Nothing's really shifted for me. Um, And the fact that this is asking for the conference finals and not the actual finals makes it a little bit easier. So over in the East, I still think it's Milwaukee and I still think it's Brooklyn. And in the West, I still still think it's Golden State and I still think it's Phoenix. Um, Memphis has shown heart, but showing that heart in the regular season And showing it in the playoffs is an entirely different thing. I still believe in Golden State's return to health. I don't know if they can beat Phoenix, but luckily, this question doesn't ask me to answer that one quite yet. So that's my conference finals. I go with the same four I said a couple months ago. How about you, boys? Go a little different. I mean, obviously, seeding makes some of these, you know, impossible depending on where they land. But um, just assuming you just were picking the best four teams total um in the east i'm gonna go uh, i hate you for that caveat and i didn't think of it thank you <laughs> it makes me feel like my answer is totally legitimate and exactly. you maybe you could have stopped me before i gave my answer like oh wait a minute have you considered cd but no you had yeah. to keep that in the pocket to make me seem stupid i texted maddie stats and said just go ahead and just don't give him any points for this one yeah shocking um, maybe you could have texted me asshole <laughs> we're on a call together you could have just told me um yeah, so I think in the East, it is the two best teams are Milwaukee and Philadelphia. So I think they make the finals. Um, I think they beat out Brooklyn at this point. It's just too much going on over there. And then in the West, I agree. I think it's Phoenix and Golden State. And it's a coin toss for who comes out. I don't know if Marcus has casually mentioned this to you, Maxine, but he used to play at Cal. He was a walk-on. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But like you may want to factor that in as he's giving you these responses because I mean, it shows a little authority. shows a little authority. I just, just want to throw that out there. I feel like you were you're like you were keeping that in pocket for some sort of dig at Marcus. And you're like, well, it hasn't come up yet. So I just like I'll throw it in at this point. I think that we can probably play a drinking game where every time I bring that up in an episode, people can drink because I plan on doing it. 
<laughs> I love drinking episodes. Let's do that. Uh, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I actually, Bram, I mean, not to like rub it in even further, but I was pulling up the Eastern Conference standings at the same time. So I'm not sure that it's a Marcus problem for not texting you. I think it's a you problem for not realizing that's nice that that's you. a significant That's really nice component. of you to say. I mean, that, that's fantastic that the rule of three has turned on me. I wasn't taking any shots at you. I mean, you could have just as easily supported me, but no, dude, here we are. I support correctness. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Cal thing. It's the Cal thing. F you, Marcus. <laughs> Damn it, man. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, I did not walk on. I Actually, I walked on to the uh, Cal um, jazz program. So uh, it's pretty much the same Who's thing. in the conference finals, dude? <laughs> I mean, like, what's your actual answer to this question? This is not that interesting. Like it's five minutes. I, I could, I, I could put, I'm, I'm on the exact same page with Marcus. Right. And, and I mean, I think, look, there's, there's a lot of reasons for a lot of teams in the East to feel like they have a legitimate shot. I think the Miami heat, not just because of the one seed right now, they look fantastic and they have a lot of consistency. Jimmy Butler is nice. So is Bam Adebayo. Um, but I, what James Harden has brought to the 76ers makes it very, very impossible to bet against them. And look, I mean, like nobody's talking about the bucks, but that's just cause like, they're kind of boring in their consistent excellence. So the, the only uh, caveat that I would put there um, is that Chris Middleton had a pretty lights out playoffs to get them to that finals berth. And I'm not convinced that he could continue to play at an A plus level to make that really work. Um, and so that could be a shot against him to the point that uh, Miami beats them out. But uh, I, I'm still thinking that the best two teams in the East right now, like Marcus said, are the Bucks and the Sixers. I got distracted. I've actually been looking at the Eastern standings. Did you know that this was available online? I got <laughs> It would have been so helpful if somebody had mentioned that to me before we jumped down this rabbit hole. Finish out your answer, Maxime, just so that it can take up the entire podcast. Who's on the uh, on the Western side? Yeah, Suns Warriors. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, let's go ahead and edit that portion down to, I don't know, less than 35 minutes if we can, which brings us finally to our last question, and it's our personal one and one I'm excited for. Quote, Ben Simmons is returning to Philly tonight, and according to videos on social media, the fans have already started giving him endless shit. In fact, we have one of those videos now. We can give you a little sense of it. What's up, man? Boo! Philly fan, dude. I'm, I, it's, oh, look, I believe in heckling people, and we're about to explore that in a second. But come on, man. If if you hear us bleeping something, you can imagine what kind of nasty crap um, you know fell outside of the stuff we feel comfortable with. But nonetheless, getting back to this question, quote, what's the worst thing you've ever screamed at an opposing player? And is there an unspoken limit in what could be said at a game? So love this question. Um, I was going to turn it into judgment theater, guessing whether or not any of us have ever said something that's remarkably inappropriate. We are running short on time, but let's try it and see how far we can get here. So start with me, boys. Guess, do you think I've ever said something remarkably inappropriate as a fan at a game? Absolutely. Get a couple beers in you. Come on, man. I feel like you said remarkably inappropriate things to me. Yeah, on this Today. podcast. Yeah, today. Okay, well, I mean, that this is the easiest one. I mean, everybody gets off their high horse. Yes, of course I have. I, um, I know the one. You've told the story before, but... Uh, well, uh, I might be telling a different story today. Uh, go ahead and cut that reference, Maxine. I used to, um, the, the one I'll tell you about today, 
and in fact, I have told this story on the podcast. You used to be able to sneak down pretty easily. You can get into games for $10, but then sit in where the hell you wanted. I called them the $10 baller seats. I went to a San Antonio game pretty early on in Manu Ginobili's uh, career and snuck down to behind the Spurs bench and then was asked to leave I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after I snuck down there because I started a one-man balding chant. Balding, balding. I thought the people would join me. They didn't. It was just me. It turns out they can hear you pretty clearly when you're only like three or four feet behind him. And it was early in his balding. So like in particularly inappropriate, but yes, I I have unfortunately been that guy and uh, had to evacuate my seats because of it. Let's go to Maxime. Um I'm going to guess no. I'm going to say no. I feel like Maxime has thought nasty shit. Like he's come up with things that that he thought about saying and came close with the liquid courage. And they would have been clever and they would have been biting. But I also think that his sensibilities prevented him from doing it, that that he didn't want to uh, go out on a limb, didn't want to come off as an asshole. So kept it in pocket. I say no. He's never screamed any nasty shit at, uh, at an opposing player. What do you think, MT? Yeah, I'm gonna go with you. Um, I think he's thought it and come close to saying it, but he's never said it. Just because he's he's like, you know what? At the end of the day, just want this guy to, to be successful and be all right. <laughs> I don't that's think it. that ending part. I hope that's not true. If you're uh, like at the end of the day, I hope these opposing players are successful. That's gonna make me hate you a little bit. <laughs> I just have like, look, they've been working really hard. I got a lot of empathy for them. No, I, the thing is, I like thank you for thinking that. I would come up with great things to say and just wouldn't say them. And, and that's basically the case, but it's not that it's, it's basically because they're too complicated. You know, I can't like, I would need like a full minute to yell out what, I, you know, the like connections that I'm trying to make in my brain. And it turns out that that's not really good for heckling. So that would be incredible. If there's like some audio of you screaming literally for a full minute, you know, like who knows what story you're telling in the course of a minute, I can tell you that the balding thing, you know, however long it takes to say that word, you, you want your chance to be like three words or less, dude. If it takes you a minute, I don't <laughs> okay. think. I don't think that that necessarily applies. I, I got to write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep that in pocket for the next game. <laughs> Make sure you do. You don't have to write it down. Just listen to this podcast. I mean, I think we're recording this, so you can just listen to this. <laughs> oh, we are? And you'll definitely hope so, dude. <laughs> As the master of all things sound, that's like top five things I don't want to hear coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Wait, we're supposed to be recording this? Which leads us to Marcus. So I can tell you, I've been to a game and Marcus has screamed more than once, I went to Cal! I, I don't know if you guys knew this but I know everything about hoop and I'm looking at the Eastern conference standings right now. So no, the, no dude, he hasn't. No, he has not. Um, that's not who Marcus is. I don't even think he spends his time at the games thinking of nasty things to say. You know, I, I don't like, I don't know what's going on in the internal monologue. I know that he is a competitive dude, but I don't think it comes out in ugliness the way that it does with me or it would for you if you could limit yourself to under a minute of takes. So <laughs> I say no, and this fits squarely in the MT is a little healthier than uh, than I like normally in my friends. Yep, yep. Crunchy can roll a Bay Area healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you agree, Maxine? I do. <laughs> uh, it is true. I, I've always felt like I do better with trying to um, not be nasty with it. Like when I would talk trash on the court or, or to players, opposing people, it, it would, I would try to be more cerebral, whether or not I was successful, you know, I was up to the 
Uh, what's 10 times one. 25? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what cerebral takes did you have to like, what well, are you, just, you know, like, what is that? Plus are, minus like, is terrible. Like what, what the fuck? I think this more like fun, like, like there's a recent um, story about Paul Pierce talking trash to somebody like a new player came in, was talking trash to Paul Pierce and Paul Pierce's response was, um, can you turn around so I can see the name on your back? So I know who I'm talking to Yeah, because it was like, you know, like, and that's biting, but in a different way. Right. So the only time I've ever like really talked trash, it wasn't to players. It was to fans. And it was with you, Bram. And it was when Cal beat USC in football and you and I spent a solid minute straight of yelling at the USC fans. Cause we pulled off that upset and there were no English words involved. It was just literally speaking in tongues. Cause we were just so excited. <laughs> I remember the USC fan coming up. We were sitting in the back row. Um, and there yep. was a guy who was like 10 rows in front of us because we're over in the Cal section. And so there wasn't there's was a lot of USC fans there, but not necessarily in our section. And that guy had to leave with, you know, whatever, 30 seconds left, however much time was left. And it's now clear that they're going to lose. And he had been talking. And I remember thinking, like, this is my chance. Like, whatever it is you're going to tell him, you've got about 30 seconds to communicate it. And, like, thought really hard and came up with the perfect thing and then said things like, lose, 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 hate you. Like, it didn't. it was just sentence fragments that made no sense at all. The other side to that, and I wish this was me, it wasn't, the most effective shit talking I've ever seen uh, happen on a court is in an intramural championship game. And we showed up and the, there was somebody on the other team who every single time a guy on my team got the ball, the person on the other team said, he's with us, he's with us. And like, I don't even really know what that means. But like, it was really effective, dude. You know, like by my teammates, like third or fourth missed shot, I kind of started thinking like, dude, is he with them? Like, what? like what's going on? How did they get to him? Like, how did they pay him off? This is hell cerebral. Yeah, hell, hell cerebral. It also wasn't you. I'm going to just, let's make that clear that 100% it wasn't Marcus. Uh, here's our final question. And it's the second part of this one. Do you guys, you know, so like free speech, right? We, we live in a, in a country that values free speech. We should, but there's limits to it. You cannot scream fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. So is there a limit on this free speech in your mind? Is there something that you cannot get into if you're an opposing fan? So I'm not, this isn't, we're not playing anymore. This, you're showing up as a fan. You are participating. You're trying to support your team. Is there a limit? on what could be thrown out. And let's let's at least state the obvious, right? Um, I've heard from more than one beat writer that there's a bunch of racist, nasty shit that's said in some of these arenas. So of course, you know, like that, that stuff is all, you know, beyond the pale and shouldn't be thrown in. So that's not a part of this limit. In your guys' mind, is there some, I don't know, line that you cannot cross if you're screaming at opposing players? Well, I've learned one of them is like more than three words. Um, so I wrote that one down. Yeah, right. I mean, I do think part of it is like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to bring in people's families in any sort of real way where like names are being thrown out, like that's pretty uncomfortable too. Um, which reminds me of the Westbrook Westbrook right. thing, yeah. which is like, eh, that doesn't count, man. Like the thing is, is you're bricking shots. That's a pretty good nickname. And actually shout out to Kevin O'Connor on the ringer for reminding me and probably everybody, because I haven't anybody else talk about this. Dude came up with the cupcake, cupcake. thing for Kevin Durant. So what the fuck? Like, get yeah. off your high horse. He's, I, I think West, I was going to say Westbrook, but that would have been really intensive. So I won't. I think what <laughs> Westbrook is is talking about is the death threats and everything. He's just, he's packaging his message in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, the, for him to have drawn the line and be like, you know what's unacceptable? Westbrook. 
Well, no, no. I mean, you know, that's that's actually just name play and, and isn't nasty at all. But death threats because, you know, the, the team isn't playing well. Yeah, 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 that might be a little bit unacceptable. Um, and for him to have come public and said, here's what's not allowed. Maybe he should have used the death threats as opposed to the Westbrook thing. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, here's here's a, a good rule. Right. When you're talking about death threats is. Uh, there might be somebody in that lower bowl with a six-year-old, right? And like, you don't want to be teaching a six-year-old that like yelling death threats at another human being is acceptable, right? They make a lot of money. We know that, right? That we get to heckle them because we're fans and that's how it works. It's part of why they get paid so much money. But if you're going to teach somebody to grow up and be the type of person that thinks that they're allowed to say these certain things, like, you know, that should be your barometer, right? Is this something that I would be comfortable yelling with a six-year-old sitting next to me? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll shorten that rule. Here's the thing with death threats. Don't make them. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, any setting, whoever's there, just just avoid the death threats. Uh, that, that feels like a pretty safe thing. Uh, for, so I don't have any definitive rules on like what can be said in the arena. I think it is a, I think it's a, a sliding spectrum. And I also think it matters the context of the game. The kind of stuff I can get away with maybe with 30 seconds left in game seven when someone's at the free throw line where I'm trying to distract them versus like the first two minutes of a preseason game that nobody <laughs> gives a shit about, that might shift a little bit, you know? Um, but I like family stuff. I remember when the Morris twins played for Kansas, they played um, the bears and I went to that game at Cal and I, on each time one of them went to the line, I screamed out your brother's better and tried to get a chant going. So then they was family related. And I don't feel like I stepped over a line. So I, I think you can do some family stuff, you know, but like maybe not talking about their mom. I, I don't think that there's a definitive um, set of words that we can rule out with the exception of the racist shit. I think you just got to keep, I don't know, setting and the people around you in mind. Um, I, I, that's That would be the kind of the loose rules that I would throw out there. So I'd put two rules. One, it can only be about the player and on the court stuff about the sport. So, you know, like it can't be anything that's a personal attack. I think, you know, if you can have fun with the name, like West Brick works because it's about his play, right? Um, Is that regardless? Like uh, Gilbert Arenas has that gun thing, you know, like when he's like, they, and, and I actually went to a game shortly after the whole thing where he and Jarvis Critian, or I never know how to say that guy's last name, had the like disagreement involving guns. And I definitely use the word guns in my shit talking. Inappropriate? Yeah, it, it, it leads into my other rule. Um, I think if I already disagree, then These if you were if you were by yourself, no backup and no weapons in a, in a dark alley and you saw this person and it was just you and you had to say something, would you say that? No, that's the not answer fair. Is I no. can't find. You've just prevented me from being able to say anything. Exactly. Say you, exactly. So you can't be then don't be tough because you have the protection of being in the stands and that you don't have that. Like wait, wait if you wouldn't say it to somebody else in the street, just because you're in the setting of their professional athlete doesn't give you that protection. It's the same like theory of like being a keyboard warrior, you know, or like a Twitter thug. Like you can't, if you're not willing to say that to their face, when you just have to defend yourself, then, you know, you shouldn't have said it. But I'm not, I'm not saying something to slap them with a white glove and start up a duel. I'm saying something to distract them and help my team win. You know, so like that, that's where I disagree with that. It's not if, if each one of these was an invitation to fight and I didn't want to fight, then I got to be careful not to invite them to fight me. But that's not what's happening. I'm trying to give my team a home field advantage. 
And I'm trying to use that, use my voice in order to change the other team's confidence. Whether or not they can beat my ass in an alley doesn't change the advantage I'm trying to give my team. But they're not going to want to beat your ass in the alley if you say your jumper is terrible or you're balding and you look like a girl. But like, I hope, there's two different things, right? But I want them to be, I, I, if, if, I, if they are now thinking about me on that court, even if their thoughts are, I'd like to beat that guy's ass, you know what I just did? Give the Warriors an advantage. You know, if they're, they're no longer thinking about the game plan. They're no longer thinking about what they needed to do to win. They're thinking about the, the asshole 10 rows up who's screaming balding, then I've given my team an advantage. I, I, I don't, I don't agree that the it's whether or not I'm willing to fight that stands as my, my limitation. I don't know. Like when you, if you fire a player up, right. Like um, I'll take that risk, you know, like, like Michael Jordan, a fan told him dunk on somebody your own size. And he went back down and dunked on their center. I, I watched Oski the bear throw a cake at Gary Payton's mom literally uh, when they played uh, Oregon state and then Gary had like a thousand in the second half, you know, like, and that's so, and, and Ben, I agree with you that like, that is a limit. I gotta, I gotta make this analysis. If, if what I'm saying is actually going to motivate this dude, as opposed to intimidate him, then I've screwed over my team. I haven't helped them, but that's not a fight, you know, differentiator. It's a, how is this person going to deal with, with what I'm saying? All right. I, I just, that's my rule. You can, you can choose not to follow it, but, Say what you're going to say in an alley and say what you're going to say in the stadium at the same time. I think I was clear. It's not that I'm not going to follow it. It's that it's a stupid rule. <laughs> Maxine, what's your, give us your, the final take here. So we got to get out of here. What's, what's the limit? Uh, I, I said already one minute, one under 60 seconds. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, two stupid rules into the record. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys. You want to give us a questions for the uh, five golden. You want to let us know we did a good job, bad job. Want to weigh in on what's appropriate to say in an arena. You can shoot us an email. Our address is huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We're also on social media. Our only location there is Twitter. That's at warriors huddle. And if uh, you'd like to support us and this, I don't want to rush through. You can do that on Patreon. It means the world to us. In fact, it's what allows us to do this show and spend the time on it that we do. If you would like to become one of our supporters, hop up onto patreon.com, look up Warriors Huddle, and you can help us out for as little as like a dollar a month. So it won't take a lot out of you. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good.